With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Email yesterday, his quote was, we're a basketball team, we're not a track team, we're not running from anybody. How much does that kind of embody this group? I mean, he hit, it, hit the nail on the head right there. We're not. You know, we never have been. I'm not going to choose today, any other day to start. So, I mean, I love the quote. We love it. You know, it fits perfect for us, who we are, our DNA, our identity. And not only that, it speaks for him as a coach, the coach he is, the player that he was when he played. You know, he takes that into the coaching as well. And when you got a coach like that, that has the same mentality as you, it's always a good thing to have. And like you said, we ain't a track team, we're a basketball team. And we're going to play whoever is put in front of us. Back in the Causeway Street studio, another episode of the Causeway Street podcast. I'm Josue Pavone. Joel Pavone's here. Sean Dutra is out. But we got Causeway Street Zach Pelequin checking in. And the Celtics are moving on. Man, Celtics, Bucks, round two after sweeping the Brooklyn Nets. That series went by so fast, I haven't even talked to you guys the last couple of weeks. <laughs> That's how fast that shit went by. Man, this, this Celtics team continues to impress what a what a dominating performance! We'll we'll recap a bit. We'll look ahead uh, to this Bucks series, of course. Uh, a lot of news coming from coming out of the series. The biggest one is, is, is Chris Middleton, man. I mean, we didn't know for sure, but we we got the we, we got the, the the scoop. What was it? The middle of the week. Uh, he's going to be out for the entire series. What does that mean for the Bucks? Uh, what does that mean for the Celtics? You know, it, it seems like the, the team, the top teams in the East, are all going through it one way or another. And and the Celtics are going to look to capitalize here. Uh, series starting off in Boston. Um, Zach Pelequin, let's bring him in right now before we get into everything because I, I got to hear his take about the whole Brooklyn Nets series, man. We haven't talked to Zach in a while, and I felt like I feel like we we put Zach on like every two or three weeks, you know, for the for the for the check in. And I feel like the last one he was so positive that I I don't even think he saw this one coming though. Like he's very positive about the Celtics and, and the the whole turnaround. <laughs> throughout the whole stretch. But Zach, what did you make of this series against the Nets? Did you expect that? I mean, did you expect that type of dominating from, from the Celtics? Well, I, I guess my initial reaction is what series? <laughs> it, was like, it was over in a matter of what? A couple of days, it felt like. Uh, less than a no, week. I mean, yeah, less than, exactly. It was days. It was, it was a pretty quick one. But um, no, I mean, listen, the main takeaway for me in this one is that this team's locked in. They're focused. Uh, I mean, we could sit here and talk all day about, you know, the Brooklyn team and, and, and Kyrie and the, the, the Durant story and everything that goes along with uh, the different dynamics of the series. But what that showed me was much more about the Celtics than it was again uh, instead of Brooklyn. You know, it shows you a team that is incredibly focused. And for me, the more I thought about it, I mean, this was really the first success in the playoffs that Tatum and Brown and Smart and that core has had on their own. Because if, even if you went back to the bubble, you had Gordon Hayward, you had Kemba, you know, for whatever that was worth. And those guys were the veterans. They had a, a, a level of uh, 
um, you know, respect throughout the league. This is the first time, you know, this is the first time. And, and I'll tell you what, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. Yes, I'm saying it. Even Marcus Smart. These guys looked incredibly <laughs> focused. And it looks like a team that uh, might be on a little bit of a mission right now. So no, it was it was very, very good. And, uh, you know, for them to dominate in that way, even though they were, for the most part, pretty competitive games, um, you know, that, that told me that, that <laughs> like you said, it was even beyond my wildest imagination. I thought that they were going to have a pretty good shot to come out, but... At the end of the day, I did not expect a sweep, and and in that uh, in that fashion, that was very impressive. Uh, yeah, the last time we spoke was uh, right after the trade deadline, right? You know, we we right. were like we called it the the Derek White era, right? Um, <laughs> and and the and the and the fact that like they're already starting to turn things around at that point, but from from that from the trade deadline on, it's just been like you said, they're just they're they're just focused and. As as much as I uh, I wanted to say it was going to be a sweep in the first round, because uh, I was pretty sure Duke was going to say it, but I didn't want to go like you know two guys saying the sweep. But I just felt like they were catching Brooklyn at the at the right time, and the dominance that I saw on KD, I've never seen that played by any other team. What what do you think like went into that? Was it email? Was it a combination of uh, getting back at what what after what happened last season? Like what what, what do you think went into like this this whole mindset? in that first round? Well, I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of things. It's not just one thing. Um, you know, Kemba moving on, I think was kind of that opening of the door of, okay, there's no other former all-star on that team at that point when they made that deal. And that was the first time that I think that I felt that, Hey, the keys have 100% been handed off to Tatum and Brown. And at that juncture, it's their team, you know? And I think there is, and, and that's what's so encouraging out of all of this. Is that between those two guys and Marcus Smart? I, every time I say it, I, I, I like have to stop myself and be like, "Wow, you're actually saying this right now." But, but <laughs> you want him guys, traded? You want him dealt? <laughs> I I've spent the last two years thinking like, "Why? Why is this guy still here?" But man, he's <laughs> he's turned it around. No, he's but you did. Around. Hold on, real, real quick though. You did you did say, "Look, if they're not gonna get rid of this guy, then give him the fucking keys." That's what you were saying. Yes. Essentially, you're like, yep. if "They're not getting rid of this guy. Give him another role. Give him, give, of, give him the main role." Beginning of the year, I said, if you want him to be, uh, you know, a big part of this team, he's got to be a point guard, and you got to treat him as such. And they did, and and right. that is, I think, been a big part of the turnaround. But yeah, I mean, yeah, those see, three that was guys, the thing, though. Like, hold on, real quick, I just want to get this in real quick because look, look, people can say what they want about Marcus, which, whichever side of the argument you were, but no one yep. can say with a straight face that oh, he, he's got to go just because. I mean, like honestly, <laughs> just cause, just cause, <laughs> like like like, listen. He got the keys. Let him finish a whole year. Can he get a whole season? I mean, the longest tenure Celtic, the heart and soul of the team, the backbone of your defense. That was my only thing. Look, official captain. Let's give him a whole season, and then we'll recap and we'll dissect it, and we'll decide if this team should move move forward with or without him. You know, and, and look before the season even ended, he 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 checked all the boxes, and now now he's he's the he's the story, somewhat of of the makeup of this team, the identity of this team. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then, like I was saying, I mean, between Brown, Tatum, and Smart, kind of understanding that this team was now very much in their hands. I think, like you said, the Marcus Smart aspect of this again it blows my mind. But his turnaround <laughs> after New Year, when he came back from that injury, the story that came out that he went to all of his teammates. He said, "Guys, I love playing with you. We, you know, we got to find a way through this." He's like, "I'm going to do whatever it takes." That might have been the pivotal moment of the season because it felt like about a week later. That team changed 100%. It went from a team that was, you know, win one, lose one, lose two, win one, you know, whatever, to a team that was just flat out dominant and has been ever since then. Um, and I think Smart and his, this was the first time, everyone will always say, oh yeah, leadership, leadership. That was the first time that I thought he truly took over and said, I'm going to be a leader. And it's not going to be because I'm yelling at guys or anything like that. It's going to be because you know that I'm here to do whatever it takes to win. And I think that whole entire mindset for the team changed. And I can't say whether or not something happened with Yudoka being, you know, someone who's become a, an incredibly trusted coach for these guys, where it looks like they look to him, you know, with with no questions. Um, you know, it, it feels like that that group and the camaraderie that they built in the second half of this season. Honestly, I mean, I don't see another team in the NBA right now that I fear that this team cannot step up and, and take care of. And I think going back to the Brooklyn series real quick, they had some adverse moments. Game two, they were down. 
Brooklyn had that. They should have won that game. And this team said, you know what? I don't care if we're down 17, you know, 18, whatever it was. We're going to turn this thing around. We're going to keep on, you know, battling whatever it takes, you know, whether it's, you know, being able to defend a little bit better, rebound the ball, which they did an excellent job in this series. But they were, you know, they took on the adversity head on and they played incredibly well. And I think that that's kind of their personality versus what you saw a year ago where they had, you know, as soon as it got tough, they fell apart. This year is the polar opposite. And it is a very encouraging sign for me, not only for the run that they could potentially have this year, but the next couple of years, it looks really good. <laughs> What's next for Brooklyn, Zach? Before we uh, before we put them to rest for the uh, for the off season, before we send them on fishing, <laughs> what's next for this organization? If you're uh, yeah, one, two, three, yeah. Before you know, uh, we don't have to talk about these guys for for the next like three four months. So let's let's, uh, yeah. let's send them, let's send them on their way. But what, what's uh, what's next? What's next for this organization? How, how do you how do they fix this? Well, their biggest thing is they got to figure out Ben Simmons because if you don't have Simmons on the floor playing basketball and not being a complete and utter head case. I mean, it's kind of, you know, you're, you're stuck. you got a hundred, hundred plus million or Jeez. you might even have close to $200 million contract Ugh. that doesn't allow you any movement anywhere else to what improve. A, what a circus act. What was that? Like, what was that? In your opinion, was that like the, his he, agent well, putting I, out false information versus the, the, the organization, like the, the whole, he may play, he's going to play at some point. He's not going to play at all. Like what, why did that happen? I'll tell you what, and I was kind of like cavalier about the whole thing in a sense that, you know, there's like, oh, mental health, mental health. I was like, oh, bullshit. He just doesn't want to play in Philly. And then he got the trade and I was like, okay, he'll be back like in a week. And then he was working out and he was kind of on his way back. And then he just ended up not playing at all. And I'll be honest, I actually do think there's, sadly, I think there is something going on with him when it comes to like mental health, whether it's like, quote unquote, the yips when it comes to mm. shooting and now it's in his head or whatever. But he's got he's got to sort that stuff out because yeah. it's it, it'd be a real tragedy for him not to get back on the court, even though I don't really like him personally. But, you know, whatever. But <laughs> I mean, you do want to see him get back on the court and get back into uh, you know being what he was a couple of years ago, which was an, an excellent player. Um, but if they don't get him back and they don't get what Ben Simmons was, you know, two and three years ago back, um, that team is in a load of trouble because Kyrie. We know what he is. He's an enigma. You know, he's going to have some days where he's, you know, one of the best players in the game. He's going to have other days where he just completely checks out. And, and Kevin Durant isn't getting any younger. I mean, he's he's going to be, what, 33, 34? Those legs didn't look very uh, energetic through most of that series. So that's going to be really tough for them. Yeah, but if you're if you're Brooklyn, though, you, you know, Kyrie has an has a opportunity to opt out and then renegotiate. Are you renegotiating with this guy long term? Yeah, I mean, I almost think they have to. But I think there's going to be the conversation that Brooklyn's going to have to turn to Kevin Durant and say, hey, are, are you here? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore dealmaking across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. You know, for the next several years, or are you, you know, are you jetting on us? <laughs> you know, what, what do you do? You want to play with Kyrie? And I think there is a good relationship between those two. So, at the end of the day, I think you kind of have to keep the two stars together. Hope your third star comes back and comes back the way that you know that he can, and uh, you know, build around that core. You know, that's really all they can do. And and let's not kid ourselves here. If those guys are right. If those guys are playing the way that they're capable of, all three of them, that's still a really freaking good core. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, that, those guys can play ball. All those guys are all star, all NBA level players. And, you know, I, I, I just don't see any way that you kind of shy away from that. Now, I know the whole entire COVID thing and the, and the vaccination and all that was a little troubling. I think the only question they have to have, you know, for themselves is do you think, you know, trying to have some foresight, do they think that that's going to be an issue going forward? Because you can't have Kyrie Irving playing you know, 25, 30 games a year. That's just not enough. Um, but if they can put that aside, yeah, I, I think you got to find a way to get them back and, and, and make it work. I don't know, man. That's tough, man. You, that's a lot of money with, with, between those three guys. And, oh, and, yeah. and you know, you, how, how much how much more can you add to this team already? Like they had, you, I remember in the offseason, I felt like everybody was was going there. Mm -hmm. They were like 
Oh yeah. All these, you know, these savvy veterans are just like, no, I don't care. I don't care what I get paid. I'm going, I'm going yeah, to Brooklyn. But see, but see, that's the thing though. Like that, that old, that old recipe of get your three max guys and fill out the roster with whoever wants to come join. Like those days are over. I feel like the rest of the NBA is caught up this season in particular, or you can in certain, in some aspects, you could say it started last year with the Bucks winning it all. I just feel like those days are over. Like they, you have to have a, a you have to have depth you have to have shooting you have to have quality players surrounding those guys and you can't just go out and get those veterans like the carmelo anthony's to fill out your roster or the you know uh, <laughs> goron Dragic. you know what i mean like those guys that are going to take small you know they're going to come on one-year deals and not ask for a whole lot of money and because you don't have that to offer them like no nowadays i think teams have to have those guys that were built from the bottom guys that were been in the league for a few years you know they've carved out a role for themselves they know they know what to do for that team like look what the southerners are doing right now i mean they have guys like that 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 have been implemented and it wasn't they're on to like plan c and d at this point but you know it's 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 worked out for them you know like yeah. i just don't see a team like the brooklyn nets doing it that way unless it's, unless well, it's guys like bruce brown that come up unless it's guys yeah. that you, you you trade for like a, a third year guy who can who, who's young who has a ceiling above them you know you can't get these guys that are already over the hill and, and you're just looking for production off the bench I, I think you found out in this year in a big way that when their number is called they're not gonna always be there for you you know they're not gonna always be able to contribute because their 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 prime years are, are way are way past them or or you might not want to Trade away your draft picks. Oh, <laughs> that, that's yes. not good either. That's exactly what I was just thinking. <laughs> that's not good either. <laughs> because I mean, before before they traded for James Harden last season, you had Jared yep. Allen, mm. All Star. Yep. All right, yep. you had uh, Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert. He yep. was on the verge of being an All Star before he before he got injured. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like you had you had a couple yeah. of good pieces that like were I mean, part shit, of your. Ask, just ask the Lakers; they know what this is yeah, about. Yeah, you had a couple of good pieces, <laughs> and you had a decent coach before you decided to bring on Steve Nash. So I don't know. If you yep. ask me, they put they they literally put all their eggs into one basket. They're like, oh no, like all of a sudden we need a third All Star. Yeah, but you know, or superstar, whatever. But, but you know what they're also thinking, Joel? They're also thinking. Well, if this damn COVID thing wasn't going on, you know, if if Kyrie could have played, then things would have been different. We just needed that time to gel. But at the same time, it's like, but at the same time, where's the accountability? Where, where's the accountability in Kyrie saying like, yeah, look, I made this decision and I know it didn't help the team and, and us trying to figure things out, but I, I did what I did. I think that's the part that kind of annoyed me the most after the, after everything yeah. was all said and done, you know, Kyrie and KD talking about the issues and the hurdles and, and then not having enough time. I'm like, well, Kyrie, you're a big part of that as well. Like what, like be, hold yourself accountable. I mean, look, James Harden walked out the door because of you. Bro. We've been covering the Celtics all season long. I mean, that's, a, that's the theme of this season. Accountability, damn it. That's what Eme has been doing with these guys. And, Yep. Sort of what started this whole damn thing, this whole run for the Celtics. Essentially, they picked Steve Nash over uh, Doka. That's what. The, that's what the. Yo, you don't think Emei's looking at it that way? Emei was like, "Yo, bring on the. <laughs> Yo, bring, I'm serious, guys. Bring on the Nets. I'll take care of those guys. Trust me. Everybody's playing against Memphis. Fuck it. I got the. <laughs> I got the game plan. Yeah, right. Everyone's fucking playing. This is a playoff game. Damn it. We don't run away from. We don't run, run away from anybody. You know. For sure. No, it, it, yeah, and just one last thing on, on Brooklyn. I think uh, both of you guys are right on. There's kind of a renaissance in the NBA where the draft is being used, I think, a little bit more, being leaned on a little bit more, a lot of self-development for teams than we've seen over the last 10 years. You know, we kind of, you know, going all the way back to probably, you know, 2011, 2012, and the whole entire, you know, Miami, LeBron team, you know, we kind of saw the NBA switch to a free agent you know, kind of building mentality where you're going out there. And like you said, you're going, you're getting those three stars or four stars if you can. And everyone kind of seemed to gravitate to that. You had two or three teams a year that were really good and had their three stars. And, you know, that was kind of it. And now I think you're seeing like, especially the last couple of years, the Phoenix Suns of the world, yes. uh, the Celtics, right. Toronto a couple of years ago. Even the Bucks. Even, no, they, they, even, even the, the Bucks. Fly, but. Even the Warriors. The Warriors. Those, the Warriors, yep. Their, their yep. main core has been together for yeah. legit like five, six years. Homegrown. Now. Yeah, yeah, it's homegrown. Yep, you're seeing a lot more of that. And I think Brooklyn does have a little bit of an issue there because, I mean, how, how many drafts have they just opted out of with mm. all of this, you know, for with the team? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's going to end up hurting him because I, like I said, I think Kevin Durant is, I don't know how much more those legs have. You know, I'm not saying that he's done, done, but he's starting to go into that kind of that LeBron level where, yeah, he's going to give you 50, 60 really good games, but he's going to have a couple of games where he labors through. And if he's not feeling good and healthy coming up to the end of the season, going into the playoffs, this is what you're going to get. 
this is what you're going to get. Yeah. You're going to get, you know, a, a diminished Kevin Durant who's not going to be able to carry the offensive load. And then you got to say, okay, well, can Ben Simmons go get us 30? I mean, not, <laughs> not in the mindset that he's in right now. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. And then, yeah, I, I would also agree accountability being the theme of the year and, and a very, very quiet leader in all of this that we have. I, I mean, I know I haven't really said much about him, but Al Horford coming back, mm. I don't think that can be understated. Yeah. What he's done to come back in there, yeah. set that locker room. And you can tell there is just a huge respect between Tatum and Brown and Marcus Smart, uh, Robert Williams, that whole team, all those young guys, they know Al, they trust Al, and he's definitely a he's that quiet leader. You know, he's that guy that they're like, you know what? As as you as you would like, sir, you tell us what what we need, and we'll we'll go do it. And I think that there's uh, there's definitely a um, you know a level of respect there that that has helped this team kind of focus uh, in the way that they've needed to. Papa Hofford. Well, yeah, yeah. No, no, for sure. No, he's definitely been that guy. And and he's he's a big part of this as well. I mean, there's so many pieces to this. And and the Celtics now moving from one superstar to another, you know, from 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 you know, putting the defensive clamps on one of the greatest scores of all time and Kevin Durant to the 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 man of the league, if you ask me, the the face of the league rather, if you ask me. And that, that's Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, going into this series, <laughs> um it's going to be interesting to see how the Celtics going to defend him. Obviously, this is a different kind of score when we're talking about when we compared it to um, much younger, you know, uh, force that can put up big points in, in a hurry, also can pass. You know, we, we know the kind of player that he is. But now that the Bucks are going to be in the series without uh, their other all-star and Chris Middleton, you know, the, the grade two sprain to his left MCL, how much do you how much weight do you does that hold in the series to you, in your opinion, Zach? I mean, the Celtics going into this one are are clearly favorites here, but is it as easy as oh well, you know they they can't make up that production that Middleton's gonna that that that, that they'll miss from Middleton or you know how do you see this the series play out between the Celtics and Bucks? Like how much easier does it get for the Celtics? I guess is my my question. You know, I I don't want to get too excited, but I think it really changes things you know drastically drastically going into this because i think if they had middleton now you're looking at a team that's got their core uh they've got the experience you know they've got they are the defending champions um you know i think that would have been that would have been a a pretty big ask you know and and, then milwaukee was the team that i looked at going to the playoffs i said well you know if you get through brooklyn which i thought was you know it was was realistic i thought that there was something that they could do i think if you run to milwaukee you might be playing the best team in the Eastern Conference in the second round. And that was going to be the series that really, I think, was, you know, that one's going to seven. You know, we'll see we'll see what happens. And, um, you know, maybe we come out, maybe we don't. But I think with Chris Middleton out, I think the, the scales definitely tip to, towards Boston. Because here's the thing. They're going to be able to roll two, three, four different bodies at Giannis. Giannis is going to have to come every single night with 30, 40, maybe even 50 points to keep that offense going in the direction that it needs to. And I think, you know, Drew Holiday, great player. You know, he's, he's, he's a very strong player as well. But I don't see him as a guy that's going to be able to pick up that offensive slack that's going to be laid down by not having Middleton. Um, if Milwaukee is to come out of it and, and win this series, they are going to have to have several guys step up on the bench, you know, uh, other guys in that starting lineup that are going to have to step up and take on a scoring role. And honestly, I don't know where they're going to get that. I don't know where they're going to get that. So I think this is a huge, huge shift for Boston. And honestly, I think, um, yeah, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they took it in, in, in five, maybe they were able to kind of run through them a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, when you, when you have, uh, uh, Someone like Middleton, that's not going to be in the lineup. Like he's he's been a Celtics killer in the past. We we this is, oh yeah this is undeniable, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and obviously he's been he's been the uh, Milwaukee's number two for X amount of years now. Uh, great shooter, great scorer, but yeah, I kind of agree with Zach here. Like you're, you're going to have to ask a lot from Drew Holiday, Freeman, Freeman players like you know Bobby Porter's, Grayson Allen. Like these these players are going to have to like step up, you know, shooting wise, scoring wise, because it can't. It can't be onto the Kumpo dropping 40 in, you know, five or six games. Um, he's capable of it, but, but the way the Celtics are playing defense, and I get it, you know, um, onto the Kumpo is not like Durant, where Durant we've seen in the past is able to come down the court, pull up, uh, you know, create his own shot. Like onto the Kumpo, for the most part, 
you worry more about him just just getting to the hoop, like in two steps. He's yeah. from the like top of the key into you know dunking that, you know, barreling down the lane there. But if you tire him out and you're constantly on the perimeter making sure that these shooters are not open or you're making them work on defense, then I mean I I, I have to agree with Zach. Yeah, I was you know leaning towards the you know five maybe six games that the Celtics can can take care of the Bucks in, but I'm also worried about Jalen Brown, his hamstring. Mm. I'm worried about Robbie Williams. I don't like the way Robbie Williams looked in in, in Game Four. I, I get it; the Celtics won, and and they could have won without Robbie Williams playing in those two games. But he needed the reps. I don't know. Like I, if those two are if those two are right, if everybody's healthy on the Celtics, and Celtics can Celtics can definitely win this in five six games. But if they're if they're not, if there's a game or two where you know that hammy is bothering uh, Brown, that's going to affect them big time. No, I, I agree, and that's why you know. Unfortunately, we didn't get to talk about it prior to, but um, winning that Brooklyn series in a sweep fashion for them to get these couple of days or this week off to kind of heal up and get ready to go. I don't think you'd be understated how important that is, you know, and I think for Robert Williams to have an extra four or five days to be able to kind of get that knee back to where it needs to be. Um, and, and now I, I think we're going to see him without a minutes restriction. I think he comes into the series and he's going to be ready to go, assuming he assuming the health is fine. I think he's going to be ready to go. Um, the Jalen Brown situation is a little concerning. Um, it seemed like he was able to battle through it throughout the the Brooklyn series. I'm not 100% sure when it happened. I mean, I, was it a game four thing? Game four. He, he said he was having some issues in the second half of game four. And, uh, you know, he, he, he did his, he did his thing. He took over that, that, you know, in that, in that, in that fourth quarter. So he did battle through it, but it's different, you know, one game or a half rather than the whole right, series, right. you know. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, but I like I said, I think the the fact that they swept that series that, that it can't be understated how how quietly important that was to get them a little extra time here. But again, I, I still think that as long as there's nothing terminal <laughs> with with the injuries, we're going to see those guys out there. And the the beauty of the Celtics team is they've got a few bodies that they can roll out there. You know, Grant Williams played incredibly well at times in that Brooklyn series. He's playing as confident as he has all year long. So now you roll him out there to be able to get some time from for for Jalen. Um, you know, Peyton Pritchard in streaks, you know, five minute, seven minute runs was excellent for them. Uh, and Derek White, you know, maybe this is a series where we see Derek White really take that step up from um, you know being a, a a good solid sixth man to being a guy that maybe can take on a little bit more in the series. So that's what I love about this Boston team. I mean, they're rolling nine deep, and and now with with Williams back, you know, potentially as many as ten deep. Whereas Milwaukee. You're going to take Giannis off the court? What do you think that, that lineup's going to look like? You know, especially with Bill Middleton. Like, they're kind of stuck. They've got to have their top guys out there and taking on, uh, shouldering, you know, the, the burden of, of whatever that scoring that they're going to lose with Middleton being out going, you know, what that's going to be. Whereas Boston, I think, is actually going to be able to kind of be a little bit more deliberate. You know, Yudoka is going to be able to kind of play with his lineups and, and matchups to kind of make things work. But, you know, uh, I still feel good. <laughs> I, can't, I can't hide it, man. And I, and I think, you know, even looking beyond that, like I said, there's really no other team, even in the Western Conference, that I sit here and say that if Boston is good and healthy, this could be this. I, you know, it's still early, but, you know, this could be the, the year where they kind of make that sneaky run and, and get a shot to be able to do something big. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I mean, listen, the the Milwaukee Bucks uh, not having Middleton, it's just it just it changes everything. It does. I mean, you can't <laughs> defensively, yeah. <laughs> like 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 Marcus, he's got to give you the PR answer and say like, oh, that doesn't change, but it does. It does. I mean, especially when we're talking about Middleton, man, he's the he's the Celtics killer, especially in the playoffs. And it, and it wasn't it didn't matter whether he was in Milwaukee or he's in Boston. He loves TD Garden. Yeah, like he will <laughs> he will score six threes on you at TD Garden any night, and not having that. Changes everything, but but listen, if this team does get into a shootout, the Celtics, I think if you're Milwaukee, that's sort of what you want to happen, right? I mean, if these guys get going, they can it can get tough. Like we've seen the Celtics team when when they're when they're uh, opposing when, when they're when you going up against them, if you score a lot of threes on the Celtics, it can really open the floor, and that's how you sort of you, you start to, to to build momentum, and especially on defense too. And Giannis is the that the the lead of that, you know, for the Bucks. So that that's the only two things that. I'm going to keep my eye on shooting. Um, listen, I know there's no Middleton here, but one of these guys can drop six three-pointers too, you know, whether it's uh, Connington, the, the the hometown guy, or whether it's, <laughs> or, whether hometown it's guy. <laughs> or whether it's Grayson Allen, who everyone's going to hate 
if Celtics fans don't already dislike him. And then you have that toughness, right? I think that's another thing here that goes that, that plays a part uh, of their defense. It was the only thing that Brooklyn could talk about. <laughs> I felt like after after every loss, all oh, the physicality, these guys are very physical with us. I mean, we saw that with the, what they did with, with Durant. So, I mean, outside of those, the, the, the defense and, and them getting hot from behind the arc, I mean, I just think that that's what should scare the Celtics the most. But if they play their game, if, if they continue to play defense the way they've been playing, I, I also like the Celtics' chances. That, that and moving the ball. Like, the, yeah. you know, that those 25, 26, 27 assists that they get, you know, that seems like, you know, on a nightly basis, that really makes the defense work, you know, for, for, for opponents. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a great series. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to it. I was just looking up some, some stats oh, here yeah. for, yeah, for the, uh, for the Bucks. And again, I mean, the supporting cast outside of Giannis, outside of Drew Holiday. I mean, no Middleton. That is, it's massive. It's absolutely massive. You got Brooke Lopez. You think he's going to win a series? You're going to be able to put put yeah, twenty points. Yeah. Well, know, according to Chuck, he's he's, he's going to be the X factor. Well, hold on, hold on, Zach. I don't know if you remember this about about two years ago when I when I talked about them picking up uh, Brooke Lopez. You you couldn't stop laughing. But listen, his <laughs> tenure in Milwaukee. He's been he's been solid. Like for for he's what you solid. need out of Brooke Lopez, he's been Brooke Lopez for you. But I, your point still stands. I, I get what you're saying. I mean, he's a seven-footer who rebounds, what, four boards a night? Like, it's like, come on. <laughs> he's a three-point shooter. He's a threat. He's a threat on the you perimeter. Know, you I know guess. that's not why they grabbed him, though. Exactly. They, they didn't grab him for his damn rebounding. Yeah. Well, Grayson Allen. And then, actually, a, a sneaky guy that I feel like does play well against Boston and seems to rub a lot of our guys the wrong way is uh, Bobby Portis. He yeah. could be yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. someone to keep in mind. But, you know, he's, he always seems to kind of have a little bit of an edge to his game and he seems to show up when uh, when when they play against Boston. So yeah, they're gonna be chippy. They're gonna be chippy. I'm telling you, we might see a fight. I, I think it's gonna happen. I hope so. <laughs> Marcus finally start throwing those uh, throwing those anvils, baby. Oh yeah, that's what that's what being the defensive player of the year is about, in a sense, right? Depoy, depoy, ready to scrap, depoy. No, I can't D-boy. wait. I can't wait. Well, Zach, we appreciate you stopping by. Uh, we'll check in with you uh, middle of the series for sure. Yeah, let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter, man. I'm sure you'll be uh, tweeting up a storm throughout the series. Oh, that's yeah, my favorite. Get at them, having fun with these guys. My favorite place to be at OTW Sports Radio. Um, Yeah, no, it's. I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be a fun series. You know, obviously, you're you're playing the best best player in the league right now, uh, and and a generational guy too. You know, he's he's a generational player that I think is is certainly going to keep. No matter what happens, you're going to keep Milwaukee in uh, the fight. Obviously, Drew Holiday, the, the you know the Marcus Smart comparisons at times, and and, and you know being a, a all star level player, very very good players. But man, our our, our green team, they are uh, they're rolling, they're rolling. So <laughs> and uh, and, and I don't I don't know if you feel the same way. I don't think the Celtics have played their best basketball yet. Like they they was no yeah. I mean they're they they have not played at maybe least game one from, maybe game one. We but, did yeah. not see, in my opinion, a full forty eight. That's the thing. Like they, I, I think the resiliency that we saw in a couple of those games, and the fact that they did not back down, even going as far back as the fact that they were willing to get that second seed, that tells me a lot. Because now Milwaukee has to look themselves in the mirror and say, "Shit, these guys didn't, you know, try to get away from this Brooklyn team. They went out, they punched them in the mouth, and now they're coming for us." So, yeah, yeah. we'll see where it ends up. But I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to it. Game it's, the one, path, it's the path they chose. And I, I, it I like really how, is. I like how Marcus brought that up too uh, after practice this week. He's like, "Hey, listen, this is they they picked this they picked this route. They're the defending champ. They have all the rights to, but they have that in mind that they're going to face us. And they're okay with that. Well, all right, well, let's go. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's confidence. see. Let's see if you made the right choice. Yeah, the season confidence right now is at a, at an all time high. They've figured out late game execution, and and yeah, if, if they can put it together, like you said, yeah, it's, this is going to be a good one. All right, Zach, we'll talk to you soon, man. Sounds good. Thank you, gentlemen. Talk Take care, soon. brother. This episode of the Causeway Street Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the playoffs, fights, and even the next season's futures. 
And don't forget that baseball is back and the start of the Major League Baseball season is finally here. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Yeah, I love that Marcus said that, man. I love it because it's it's just it it's, it speaks volumes. And, and again, and we we're saying this about a month ago, or right after the regular season ended, it would just if the Celtics had done the same thing, it would go against what Emay's been preaching, what the team's been about, and which is they're not afraid of anyone. They're gonna they're the best team, they're the best uh, defensive team in the NBA. They're out going for the crown. They're going for the championship, and. How? What kind of message would that send to the rest of the Eastern Conference? Or, or shit, what kind of message would that send to everyone in the locker room if they dodged facing the Brooklyn in the first round? Right? What kind of? Like, the, the, just think about the confidence boost that it was, and and them beating the Nets, let alone sweeping them. Like this team's confidence at an all time high, and I don't think you get that. I don't think you get the same kind of focus, the same kind of production if you were a team that that dodged the dodge the Nets just so you can for, for a matchup against the the, the Raptors or, or or any any other team for that matter. Just dodging a team would have been, would have sent a, a terrible message, and and you would have been preventing your team from reaching where where they are right now. Yeah, it's it's clear where their mindset is at. You know, Ime has said it you know repeatedly, but he said it um, in particular this week after I think it was a Wednesday Tuesday or Wednesday's practice. Like we're we're not attracting, we ain't running from nobody. Mm-hmm. Like we're 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 ready. Bring on whoever. And we're gonna prepare, and we're gonna we're gonna play, you know, our brand of basketball, and that's what they've been doing. It's been good, it's been good to watch. And you know, it's a little personal. Like you said, it, you said it too. Like I mean, you said it, you said it perfectly about going up against his former team because you know last year he must have been like, Nah, Steve, we shouldn't be doing that. Or he must have been. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't like that, but you knew going into this, he's like, I'm gonna win this matchup big time. Like I, I got this guy. I, I know Steve Nash. Like you know, I'm gonna make. I'm going to make it really hard for him, but I don't even think he expected this sweep. Like he must have also surprised himself as well. That and I think the fact that the way they played in the first two games, and then to have you know Robert Williams ready to go in Game Three and Four, even right. though he wasn't saying it outright, like yeah, he's coming on the trip. And meanwhile, Steve is making no adjustments, <laughs> none whatsoever. None. So he's like, Yo. no adjustments. He's like, like, if I have a, if I see a chance to sweep this team, I'm not going to fucking you know lose that opportunity. This was all about Durant's going to save the day. At some point, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that was Nash's approach. Well, well Kyrie as well. But, like, it's just like, these guys are going to figure it out. I, I just thought there were, t- there were times for him to make adjustments, and he didn't. And when, he, when they did, they were just like, the second half of the throwing, you know, Blake Griffin in there. You know, like, like there was no uh, a different approach from the very beginning. They it was started, like he was started, just started, doing this stuff on the fly. Yeah, they started Claxton versus Dr- uh, Andre Drummond. You could see, yo, Andre Drummond looked so pissed off in that last game. Dragas gives you 17 in game two. He plays seven minutes in game three. Like, I don't know, man. His his stuff was all over the place. All over the place. But he may he may smell he he smelled blood. I honestly do. I feel like he he smelled blood. And he's like, oh, you you don't think Rob's gonna make a difference? Like, you know what I mean? Like just notebook, just locker room material for him to put on the wall for his players, man. I swear. Not just like, uh yeah, about that. <laughs> all right, let's get into it in case you missed it. Playoff edition. Man, I haven't been here for a while, it feels like so. Let's do it. I'm sure you got a lot to uh, dissect. To dissect. Well, a lot to catch up on, I guess. What, what we got? In case you missed it. In case you missed it. In case you missed it. It's been, you know, one injury after another, especially with mm-hmm. like all star or superstar. The latest sound, Philly. Joel Embiid. Ugh. News. That's a big one, man. According to ESPN, he will be out in indef- uh, Joel Embiid's going to be out indefinitely after suffering what the team has called a right orable fracture and mild concussion in Philly's uh, Game Six win over the Toronto Raptors. That was on Thursday night, so this came out Friday that he was going to be out indefinitely. We don't know what that means because more than likely that means he's going to miss Game One. But beyond that, it's anybody's guess because yeah. obviously he's got to go into uh, the league's concussion protocol. If he passes all that, you know. We- We've, we've seen that here in Boston, you know, with like Al Horford, different players that uh, they react differently to going through these protocols, right? What what gets me is he suffered this injury with like three minutes to go in that game. Mm. Should he have been in that game when they were up by, you know, a good amount Yeah. at that point? So is Doc Rivers, you know, kicking himself in the ass? He should be. 
he should be. But I, I feel like he was doing that just to be on the safe side because of all this all this noise. I feel like he's kind of caused himself. <laughs> I mean, like, come on, man. Like, clearly, so clearly, mad. you're in your feelings, but you can't show that stuff, man. Like, yeah. you got you're a veteran coach. I mean, he, you clearly hit a nerve. All right, I'm you not blowing this lead. You clearly, you clearly hit a nerve, and I, I'm not saying that. That's what led to him making this bad decision, but probably doesn't help. You know, he's probably just like, let me just be on the safe side. And he, but he should have pulled him. He shouldn't have been in the game. Yeah, Siakam. He got hit with a. It was an uh, um, an offensive foul on, on Siakam. Um, I do remember watching um, his interview with TNT right after the game uh, when they showed the play, and then they're like, "Yo, how you know how you feeling?" He was like, "No, I I I think he broke my face," mm-hmm. and they all started laughing. He's like, "No, I'm I'm serious. Like, you know, I, I get it. it's the playoffs or whatever, but we'll see how 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 bad it is." And it turns out this is like this is the worst that could have happened to Philly. I mean, after being up three nothing in that series, having to battle the Raptors, and then this happens in, the, in in a moment where I don't think he should again he shouldn't have been in that game. And now you're going to Miami. You're going into the Miami's den. Yeah. So that's gonna that's I mean, tough. I still like the I I, I love Miami's chances in the series before this happens. So this doesn't help Philly at all. No. I just think Miami's just a tougher team. That their, their, their depth is there. You know, James Harden just hasn't flipped that proverbial switch, so to speak. Right? I mean, you, you were hoping for that if you're a Sixers fan that he would he would do that in the postseason, but it just hasn't happened. And you you look at the rest of the guys on that team, and sure they have other players that can step up, but going up against the Miami Heat, man, like look, that's the one team I feel like can can match up well against the Celtics because of their depth and because of their shooting and because of you know their their leadership. You know, I mean, that's a tough team to go up against, and you don't have Embiid, you don't really have much of a shot, man. Let's just be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. Yeah, I mean, you I just got to be honest. Unless you, unless you, unless you know, uh, James Harden is is willing to revert to. Uh, regular season Houston James Harden. That's what's probably going to happen <laughs> today. That's gonna, that has to happen. Yeah, that has to happen. Like, and we we haven't seen that in a while. Never mind in the playoffs. Yeah. So uh, should be interesting. All right. And 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 in case you missed it, obviously um, we've talked a lot about the sweep of the Nets and the nation or the basketball world, so to speak, has been trying to figure out. Why the Nets lost instead of kind of giving the Celtics their yeah. due? <laughs> they're like, yeah, you know, I noticed that too. Like, what went into like the Nets colossal like collapse here in the in the series? And then obviously, you know, there's a there's a ton of factors that they keep bringing up, but one main factor that they're also bringing up is uh, Ben Simmons because all these reports are coming out that Ben Simmons and 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 Clutch and, and they're meeting with the with Nets higher ups and they're trying to figure out you know the best like course of plan for him. Uh, Zach brought up a good point. You know, he thinks that it, it, it really, I think he really is in his head at this point mm. because uh, according to the athletic uh, and I quote for Nets players, the confusion was not centered around Ben Simmons ailment, but with the perceived lack of attempt to play a lack of effort to be in the uniform and push his body in these high stake playoffs. Sources said Nets players and coaches wanted to see Simmons show resolve and enter the series to start his own on court Brooklyn tenure. Even if it was for unlimited minutes in Monday's game four or not at all, or, or at least dress for the game, end quote, which he didn't do. He was a no show. Yeah, but that's the part that I feel like was necessary. I don't know. Because if I'm, if I'm Steve Nash, I'm like, look, if you're not going to play, then we don't like, what do, what do we need you here for? Well, I mean, if I've, you're not striving to do that, then what do we need you on the bench for? Like, yeah. what, what help are you doing? Or what, how are you helping yourself if you're not even, if that's not the course for you right now? Yeah. Like, I if mean, you're not going to play at all, just, just stay away. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can, or at least Ben is probably going to point to Steve Nash talking all week or all series, every every game, after every practice, asking about Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. And Nash, his response was the same. It's up to him. It's up to him if, he's, if he wants to play. Uh, he got his wish. He wanted out of Philly, got traded. And then there was reports saying that because, you know, he uh, was putting so much pressure on himself that it, it created a, you know, back issues so it's like wait a minute so did you get did you get a herniated disc mm. did, did you you know did you injure yourself or you know working out or like what what what, what went into this and, and essentially it, it's all in his head he's not ready to play basketball mentally so that's where that's where the nets are at when it comes to when it comes to ben simmons obviously you're gonna this is gonna be talked about probably all summer because i remember charles barkley saying a bunch of times you know during the last offseason like yo like you can't get mad when you're getting paid almost forty million dollars a year when the team is actually just to work on your game. Mm. 
And he felt like he didn't need to do that. And there's been a history, you know, seeing, seeing all these stuff, all this, all these things over the last like few days of how he, he quit on LSU, essentially. Uh, the Australian national team, you know, they're always you know, ramping, ramping up that he was going to so, come join them. Yeah. And he, here come the witnesses. And they were, you know, they were like, yo, like he would always say he's coming. And then like the last minute, like for the, like the FIBA, the World Cup. He, he he backed out last minute. It's never good when the other people start speaking. I'm like, well, he did the same shit to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and and for the Olympics, even though he 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 didn't promise to play for the Olympics, but he promised to be a part of like those ramp up games against like the U.S. Like they were <laughs> they were advertising like, oh, it's Ben Simmons against Team USA. And then of course, last minute he backed out of that as well. So it's like, you know, Philly. Obviously, we know we know all that. And now in Brooklyn, <laughs> he said, nah, bro, that's not what it is. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> It's 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 a it's gonna be a tough off season for Brooklyn. I'm telling you that much, you know. And uh and 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 in case you missed it, you know. Speaking of Brooklyn, you know Kyrie. No, we said we're doing with Brooklyn, man. What's going on? I'm sorry, but Kyrie Irving. Damn right? it! The reason why I'm bringing up Kyrie Irving again is because he's been kind of going on a little rant in the last few days after getting swept. I guess it's letting. I guess it's it's sinking in because Ugh. like it didn't it didn't happen like right away. Go to the beach, man. Go to the island somewhere. But you know, you know, I know, right? Go go to Coney Island, bro. Put go your to phone the- down. <laughs> well, not that. Island. I know. I know. <laughs> Get on a roller coaster, you know. But uh, no, it gave no fucking way. Was that Kyrie Irving? Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck happened, dude? Kyrie and Coney Island. You know, he gave himself this is their their props, and you know, there's nothing but positivity. And then, and then after that, it's just been one thing after another about how he's being portrayed in the in in the media, right? Here's just one tweet of an example of uh, the vibes, so to speak. Here, and I quote: "Just watch all the people who wake up every day and report about people's lives on TV and social media, and then profit off of them. Then they justify their jobs by saying they get paid to say how they feel. LOL. It's like these people live in a fantasy." End quote. The only person I see that's thinking they're living in a fantasy. Is this dude? What's this obsession with the fantasy reality thing? It's like you know, you're you're not above going to work, okay? Like that's what this thing is, is at the end of the day. Like, yeah, no, people critiquing. <laughs> yeah, he he really. Yeah, he, he actually, went in on it. So the same thing. People critiquing you and the way you approach your job. That's their job. You may not like what they say, but that's their job. And it's not about tearing down. Like, like oh, man, you can always spin the narrative your way as much as you want. Kyrie, but you're not gonna fool people into thinking that you not going to work and and being criticized for that isn't fair game because it is. It is fair game. You don't go to work. You you sign this contract. You show up for the the, the, the when the mandate was removed. You show up when you you know, more often. You, you you can play the home games and you go into the playoffs and you didn't have a good performance and you just hard back onto all this into the criticism that that you've received. When you know if it was if things were the other way around, you wouldn't be saying all this. So it's like that's just what you signed up for, man. Like I don't understand not- the whole logic behind like trying to paint yourself as some sort of victim. Like, look, I know it's not; it can't be easy. I'm sure it's not. I, I, I mean, I to hear to hear your name be criticized for this, that, you know. But again, this is what happens when you take a stance on something like this, something this controversial or, or this divisive. You're going to get backlash, man. It's just the way it is. Honestly, it's just the way it is. And Kyrie's, this is such a defense mechanism, in my opinion. Like, he's wow. so, and look, if this is what makes him feel better, okay, go ahead, go nuts. But I'm just telling you, in the long run, you're going to regret this because you're going to say, why didn't I just unplug? You know, just unplug, unwind. And because you have to at some point for your own mental, you know what I mean? For your own mental health, you have to, un- you have to unplug. Kyrie, Katie needs to do the same thing. Just unplug. <laughs> If you're too invested to the NBA, okay, fine. You want to keep watching that, that? That's all right, but you don't have to tweet about it. Like, just, just go away. I don't know, man. Like, I don't. I don't want to sound too cold, but I mean, he's. A- I just think it's best. Like, after you've just been eliminated from the playoffs, just be gone. Walk away for a second, <laughs> you know, regroup, and then come back when you're well and ready. Like, it's just that's 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 the best course of action. But that's but that's just it though. Like, he's a, he's, you know, his stance of being the voice of the voices. And he he wasn't anti-backs. Okay, great. But like, how about being the voice of someone who takes accountability? Mm. How about you know? You're right. I I would I would love that ten times more. If you if you just yeah. even after being eliminated, saying like, look, we went through hurdles. You know, we went through this and that, and I didn't make things easier because like, like something like that. One little comment like that would would go a long way for me. 
with Kyrie Irving taking accountability. But you're not going to hear that. No, you're not going to hear that. He likes to spin it and, and make it seem like, oh, like I'm, I'm, I'm the one that's the victim here. I'm the one that's going through my journey, and no one understands that. Right. And it's just like, all right, man, you can't say or do things in the public eye, and then when you get asked about it, get upset. Yeah, like that's like he just seems he seems not to understand that, you know. And uh, one one guy who called him out is a. Uh, <laughs> once again, uh, and I say once again because he did it with KD. Tionis' founder, Nick Gelso. Oh, man. He said something again? He responded to the tweet that I read earlier, and he says, how about go to work first? <laughs> <laughs> then try to criticize the hard-working yeah. reporters who right. help you sell your empire of material crap by right. bringing attention to your wackadoo, this is exactly what he said, wackadoo <laughs> behavior <laughs> and poor example to young fans. You're dangerous. Trump plan media bashing is immature oh, and boy. old. You have to go to Trump, bro. You're old. <laughs> hashtag karma. Hashtag sackbound. Karma. I don't know what that means. Is he, he thinks he's going to the Kings? Or I don't know. Sackbound. Oh, that's probably that's probably one of the few teams that would trade for him. To be honest. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe now they wouldn't. Maybe before they would have. But now they're like, oh, we're good. Yeah, Brooklyn's got to take a, a deep look into if they want to keep doing business with Kyrie because yeah, you, but what's the alternative though? But 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 check out but check out how how a, a a potential new deal would look like for Kyrie, okay? Because since his deal that he signed in 2019 when he bounced from Boston, he's only played in 47 percent of regular season games, right? But essentially, he can earn up to. <laughs> On a on a new five year deal, if he would opt out this year, by that that fifth year, he can earn potentially fifty eight point one million dollars. Just to, just to give you an example, how that how that new contract would look. The first year is forty two million, and it just keeps going on. Yeah. Do you want to risk the future of this roster? Because KD, we know KD, he signed his extension last offseason. He's there yeah. for the next four years, unless he demands a trade. But. For the most part, he's there for the next four years. Do you want to keep hitching your wagon to this dude? Something to think about. I mean, if you're doing that with KD, it's up to KD. And I, I think those two go hand in hand right now. I, I, I do believe that, at least for another year. Now, moving forward, you have to make that decision. But that's a conversation you have to have with KD. Who's going to be the other guy? Mm-hmm. Who's the who's the, the the all-star you're going to bring in that's going to make up for that production? So, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I just think the Nets – they have to kind of stick with this core, at least for the, the upcoming season. But in the meantime, they need to start figuring out the other pieces. You know what yeah. I mean? They need to start figuring out, uh, you know, the Bruce Browns of the world, who I believe is up. Oh, as yeah, well. he's, a, he's afraid to too. Yeah. Like, man, you, you need someone like that. And if you're going to lose someone like that, you're going to lose him. How are you making up that kind of production? Which is looking like the best trade of the, uh, the season for them, not the Ben Simmons trade. The trading for Bruce Brown. Yeah. Bruce Brown was in Detroit earlier in the and year. And again, remember too, Joe Harris has been out, so you yeah. you get him back. You know, that's a shooter. Look, they just have to figure out what are you going to do with the with, with the guys who aren't making max money. How are you going to develop them? You know, or do they even have a ceiling above them? To you know what I mean? Like, you have to really start getting guys that have that have a, a window, that have a that have a ceiling above them, that have growth potential. Because right now, the guys that you have. These these aging stars that they're going they're turning the other way, you know. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. And in case you missed it, speaking of uh, long term contracts, most likely it will happen this offseason for uh, the Denver Nuggets in terms of giving an extension to Nikola Jokic, and it's rumored that he could make upwards of two hundred forty five million, which would be the largest contract in NBA history. Wow. So, well, with Michael Porter Jr. coming back, with uh, Jamal Murray coming back. That's a good core. Yeah, running back. Running back. Yeah, if you're Denver, I mean, running back. I, you know, Phoenix is going to be in the mix, obviously, Golden State. But you're you're right in there. I mean, you're in that you're in that space. So this is your best chance to win a championship in the next couple of years here. That's going to be a heck of a story because this is a this is a guy who came a long way, you know, Jokic to, to who he is now, most dominant big man in the NBA. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Denver. But that's that's wild. That's a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. A, that's a lot of dope. Yeah, and that and that next series because Denver got eliminated between uh, Golden State and now Memphis. That should be an interesting series. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That should be an interesting series. Yeah, but man, these guys can never catch a break, man. The Nuggets, but yeah, that's the way it is. In the NBA it feels like you know it's not just the Celtics. When we say I know, that, right? every year it's somebody, <laughs> it's something, it's something. Else. It's either Kemba, or it's Kyrie, or it's Isaiah. Yeah, it's, because peep that because in the bubble. 
Denver made it to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. I believe they got swept. Yeah. Uh, well, they had that grueling series when they came back against um, cause Utah. Or was it Houston? Was that them? No, that was Utah. Yeah, yeah, Utah. Utah, Utah. Yeah. Utah was up 3-1. They won 3-1. Yes, 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 yes. You're right. You're right. They built a 3-1 lead. Yep, yep. Donovan, Donovan Mitchell was pissed. Yeah, so <laughs> here you are, you know, two seasons later again, knocked out in the first round. Yeah. I uh, remember remember Portland a few years back, man. the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. I believe they also got swept. They won one game in that one, and they didn't make this playoffs this season. And You know, it's revolving doors sometimes with some with some of these teams and the, and the bad luck that you got to you gotta withstand and and, and – and build yourself up afterwards. Um, yeah. Look at the Phoenix Suns. How many years they weren't in the playoffs? Mm. In case you missed it, they're they're moving on. But Chris Paul turning back the clock. Damn, man. <laughs> that was a wild performance, man. Yo, fourteen or fourteen historic performance. Fourteen. He's the first player in NBA playoff history, NBA history, to go fourteen for fourteen. He didn't miss thirty three points in a in a, in a, in a wrap up game. Held it down when Booker was out. And they're they're moving on, and they're gonna play the Dallas Mavericks. That should be an interesting one. Yeah, man. All these series are gonna be are gonna be good. And last but not least, in case you missed it, you know that new show on uh, on HBO, Winning Time, and it talks about the uh, the Showtime Lakers. Yeah, great show. Well, guess who's not happy about how he's being portrayed? <laughs> Everyone, but <laughs> but in particular, in, in particular, Jerry West, bro. Jerry West, yeah. Jerry West. Who's been complaining and saying that there's no, a lot of the stuff that's been talked about in the show or portrayed in the show is not factual. So guess what? HBO had to issue a statement in response to Jerry West's complaints and the way he's being portrayed. And quote, HBO has, has a long history of producing compelling content drawn from actual facts and events that are fictionalized in part for dramatic purposes. Winning time is not a documentary. And has not been presented yeah, as such. Since when does it have to be facts? Like, that's the thing. Yeah, I'm not surprised. However, <laughs> the series and its depictions are based on extensive factual research and reliable sourcing. And HBO stands behind our talented creators and cast who have brought dramatization of this epic chapter in basketball history. <laughs> it's only entertainment. To the screen. End quote. <laughs> like, bro. HBO's right. They didn't present this as a documentary. There's going to be some exaggerations is, for certain things. This is Hollywood. Come on. And it's exactly. So I don't understand why Jerry, Jerry's getting his pangs in a bunch, but um, <laughs> I've seen a couple episodes. Great stuff. Yeah. I like it. You know, as a Celtics fan, you know, you're, you're, you're curious about that time. <laughs> I just can't wait for the next season because they're going to, that Max has got to be all in it. I mean, he's already been in it. They've been mentioning him, you know, uh, cornbread. Oh, that damn cornbread. I can't stand or something like that. Wes says, and uh, they're in the, the 1979-80 season. So, you know what happens in the following season. So, uh, yeah, that NBA Finals, I'm sure he's going to be in it big time. Um, we're we're going to try to get the uh, the guy who's, who's playing him. Hopefully, we try to get him on the show. That, that, that would be fun. But, yeah, man, the show's awesome. I, I think it's going to lead to other documentaries, too, about this, the 80 Celtics. I'm sure that's going to be coming up in the next couple of years or so. But I'm I'm loving this whole, like, uh, generation of just looking back at the past and stuff. I mean, I guess it's been always been going on, but I feel like when it comes to NBAs in particular, like the eighty stuff, like we don't, we haven't, we didn't get a, a whole lot of that. I know last the last decade we sort of did with that thirty for thirty, just about the Lakers Celtics rivalry. But I want more stuff like this, like even if it's like these mini mini series that only run for one season. Like, yeah. I, I, I want to see like the Celtic story. I want to mm. see like you know, like more in depth, more in depth and like. Yeah. That type of where, where it's not just like a documentary, it's it, it's scripted and got characters and stuff. Because oh, this yeah. one they're doing this, they're doing this, they did a, a good job with this. You know, the whole like '80s feel to it, the the cinematography behind it, like the way it's shot, it's it's really good. It's good stuff from HBO. Some of these actors too, they they they've gone to to portray these characters. I think for the most part, they've been they've been spot on. Magic physical wise, magic's <laughs> really good. Yeah, yeah. Magic Kareem. Um, as I can imagine, he's probably not happy about the way he's portrayed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, part of my life I really don't like to talk about. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's going to be a multiple seasons. That'd be that'd be great. So that's on HBO. Man. Check that out. And uh, yo, before I forget, happy birthday to us, Causeway Street Podcast. Yes, this week it's the first, right? It's the first. Man, May first. That's uh, when our premiere episode dropped back in 2014. You know what we were talking about in that episode? We're talking about Don Sterling. Yeah, yeah. I always remember that. It was like, Don that's Sterling. How we, that's getting, how we started. You know, having to, to sell his team. And we were in the middle of the playoffs. And, you know, and here, and here we are almost 300 episodes later. And, yep. and 
and you know it's been it's been one hell of a ride so far you know what i mean you know shout out to ducha who's yes but, yo sean could join us he's actually in the health and safety protocols right now so there you go we'll uh we'll let him tell his side when he gets when he gets back but yeah, yeah man it's been a heck of a run causeway street i know 300 is coming up soon coming up soon so that's gonna be special but so. yeah man one, one heck of a run guys we can't say thank you enough man for the support ongoing support and this uh this journey this ride we've been on man we'll see where uh, we'll see what's next for causeway for sure and if this is the first episode you're listening to, welcome. You have 290 some odd episodes to look back yeah, on. Yeah, where you been? <laughs> and all right. <laughs> what you doing? What podcast you been listening to before us? And we're still going strong, <laughs> baby. So that's right. We appreciate it. All right. That's going to do it for this edition, this playoff edition of In Case You Missed It. Follow us on all social media platforms at Causeway Street. Again, I can't stress enough. Check out our Snapchat. Sway's going on the road when, they, when the team goes to uh, Milwaukee next week. You know, you know what to do. That's it's it's good. We got good content going up on there. All right. Yes, definitely. And check out our check out the Patreon if you guys haven't signed up yet, man. After hours, baby. Man, some funny, funny ass stories coming from us. Man. Mm-hmm. Um, the After Hours Show, of course. My um, my own podcast, One on One with Joe Sway. If you haven't uh, checked it out, my conversation with Leon Poe. Man, that was fun talking to him about the 08 team and telling stories of KG. This is right before KG night, so. That was cool um, catching up with him. But um, I'm going to have some uh, another episode coming up soon. Um, sound from from Brooklyn, actually. I got a chance to, to sit down with Grant Williams for a few minutes. Uh, I, I spoke with Jalen Brown. It was it was a it was a really fun trip, man. Brooklyn is Brooklyn is, is fun. It, it was um it was it was quick. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was trying <laughs> to tell, trying to tell quick, Sean Brooklyn is Brooklyn good. is a good place to go to. Yeah, it is. You know? It is, man. Unfortunately, the basketball fun. team is is what it is. I know, right? <laughs> and the locals know what's up too. They they, they know that it's uh, it's not all good, you know, with between uh, their their core. But they're hoping for brighter days in the future. But yeah, it was it was a, it was a great trip. It was fun, and I got a lot of fun sound from it. Um, great conversations that I had with a couple of Celtics players. So um, check that out coming up this week, and of course another brand new episode of After Hours. Um, Patreon.com slash Causeway. Hell yeah! Just subscribe and check us out on CausewayStreet.com for all your Celtics playoff coverage. Uh, we just had Zach on. He's uh, one of our one of our writers. So keep up to date on your Celtics news, rumors, and opinions. All right. And as always, Black Lives Matter. Let's stop aging hate. Let's pray for peace in the Middle East as we stand with the Ukraine. And until next time, we are out. <laughs> <laughs>